I was just going to say that on one of John Roderick's podcasts, he was talking about like recording and stuff. He's a rock musician, you know, or was, yeah, is, is still. Now does an accomplished audio artist. Yeah, does a podcast with Ken Jennings now. That's his latest. Oh, yeah, okay, fellow Seattleite, I think. Mm. Um, and anyway, so there's this one rock singer from some some band that maybe you know you know how they have that like screamy voice you know sometimes falsetto but sometimes just like you know loud kind of like a led zeppelin era uh kind of voice but he does it by singing very quietly into the mic and hitting it with a compressor so he doesn't like blow out his vocal cords oh you see it's the compressor we were just talking about the compressor before we hit the record and we were how that kind of evens out our levels you prefer a more casual address of the mic I'm kind of up in it a little bit more, but the compressor kind of evens all that out. Okay. Technology. It helps us, helps us come together on this show. We love that. Yeah. It's about bridging divides. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's all about. I don't know. I don't know. It's about, you know, making more peace and love at this time of the year. Do you think, um, you know, this is not a pre-roll. This is, this is the show. (laughs) This is a roll roll. let me just ask this you. This is the unroll. Let me, let me just ask you. Let's make predictions. Do you think it's going to get better than this? Is what going to get better than what? The show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have a long list. We've got some feedback from listeners. Some. We're not going to do it all, though. We've we're got some to... topics that you wanted to talk about. We're not going to do it all. I'm sure something will hit me sideways and I'll get all ranty. <laughs> I think we're going to try to do another one of these before, either before the end of the year or just after. Before we, you know, once the new semester kicks back in, we'll start to have some more guests that you're booking, as I understand. I understand you're already booking guests. I am in January. This is true. Uh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And, but before then, we'll probably do another one of these casual things. Sure, sure. Okay. So but, because is, of, but because of the holidays, there's going to be some hiatus action in here that's going to be a little hard to predict. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Gentle well, we, listener. I always hear that's good in building a brand and building a building an empire, a podcasting empire, yeah, is unpredictability. I, it, Don't exa- keep your listeners guessing as to when things Absolutely. are going to happen. And, and we, we know that that's what the people tune in for is to maybe not hear something. <laughs> that's, you know, it's tune in for now is to pull to refresh, right? But uh, would, you, would you like to imagine there's somebody out there who just loves the show so much that, that when they think it's going to drop, they're just pulling to refresh, just hoping? <laughs> <laughs> with with some of my I've been that way with some of my favorite stuff but I I just can't imagine that there's anybody who's quite that for us maybe not no no but I'd like to think people are happy when the show I drops I have had a particular scheduled time for for the dropping of a next episode of a podcast I have when it didn't show up thought to myself where the hell is that thing yeah where is it give it to me where is it because I got used to getting it on that day you right? had listen, listener entitlement syndrome it sounds like mmm Yes. I, I have some topics. How, do, how should we do this? Should we go through some of these topics and then turn to some of the feedback? Or we, we, I, I think we're going to spread this out over two shows. Okay. Let's get, let's get lazy with it. Let's get kind of, you know, it's not exactly summertime, fun time, kind of, you know, spread it all out, you know, lather on the sunscreen lazy, but, you know, kind okay. of a, let's pretend we're by the fire. It's by more the relaxed. Oh, ooh, maybe next show we'll, we'll record upstairs by the oh, hearth. Oh, that would be great. I love that fire. Maybe that'll be, you know, Gruber always calls it a holiday um, holiday special. Yeah, we'll be that's by the, when, we'll be by the Yule log, right? Drinking some mulled cider, mm. which I really do not like. You don't. It's a little too mm, busy. The flavor of mulled cider is a little bit too. There's a little too much going on in there. Yeah, you're more of a purist. I wouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't either. That's 
I actually have some coffee. It's it's like so we're recording. I, I think with this we need a little preamble, and the reason we need a preamble is because anytime you record something which is a little bit goofy mm-hmm. and which deals but does deal with some current topics. Okay. In this day and age, Joe. Yeah. If it's not going to drop right right when you finish, you need to put in a preamble saying when it was recorded, so people know that when it does drop, you aren't being jerks by not. You know, not talking about th- by not talking about this horrible thing that's happened or something else. Right, and, right, so, right. and the pace of such things is so frenetic, right? That I feel like we need a little disclaimer. So it's December first. No. We. What is it? It's actually December nineteenth. I think it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday the nineteenth. I don't. Is it the nineteenth? I believe it is. We're very close to our four-year anniversary, which is awesome. We should have done more episodes by now. What, Talk about lazy. We're up to 155. I know. That's embarrassing. We should have many more than that. We should have at least 200. Why don't you do more? Well, if we, if we had 200, we'd be on, that'd be like an every week pace. Yeah, that's not good. And we're not, like, we're, I take every, we're every week-ish. We're more than more than once every two weeks. This is, it's not the flop house we're running here. Right. But it's, Agreed. it's certainly not the daily. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. Right? Definitely uh, not. Or, or the weekly. So, yeah. It is, it is what it is. We do our best. Yeah. We do our best. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that that disclaimer, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Probably I won't post this until the next Sunday to give our last amazing episode with Kate Shaw. Yeah. Time so, to breathe. Exactly. Right? It needs to. Yeah, you don't want to stomp all over that That episode thing. is still in the decanter. It's only getting better yeah. as the week goes by. Exactly. So um, so this won't be. Uh, Gotta th- let th- those th- free radicals float around and get some of those, develop some of those flavors. Topics, yeah. I, 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 what order to do these things in? So, uh, um, yeah, I don't. Let's 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 start with a bang. Start with what? So let's start with a bang. Oh, okay. What 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 do you think about this judicial nominee? Uh, he was the uh, what's his name chair of the uh, I think his name chair Pe- of the something FEC? Peterson. I think he was the chairman of the uh, Federal Election Commission. Yeah, I think his uh, family name is Peterson. Okay, uh, he withdrew his nomination, I believe, on Monday. Right. Uh, he sent a letter to the administration. The administration accepted his withdrawal of his nomination. So we're a, a, a federal district court judge in D.C. And in his letter withdrawing, he did make some sort of reference to the notion that, uh, you know, the, the, the D.C. district court's docket has a lot of agency stuff. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, maybe it wasn't so bad. That his, yeah, well, we got to set it up. What, what, what's the, not so bad? The bulk of his experience is in administrative proceedings, not in, I guess, more conventional civil trials or criminal trials. And, um, and yeah, so, he hadn't he hadn't tried a case on his own. He hadn't, uh, as far as I as I remember from the clip. All all yeah, I, I know like about this case not, is I that f- letter. All I know about the case is that letter and this clip. Okay, this so one. Clip. I feel like you're not asking me what you want to ask me. So what do you want to? When oh. you say this is the topic, like what right. is what about it? Is, what do I want to ask you, or what do you want to talk about about okay. it? Because um, there's a lot of different ways you can talk about. But now that you put it like that, I'm reconsidering everything. And my question is, <laughs> do you think the UFOs are real? <laughs> that's, that's what I really that's what I really want to know. I mean, did you have that on your on your bingo card for the end for 2017? Like, it's a late entry for story of the year. Isn't I didn't it? until I read the story about Harry Reid. Putting some money in the defense budget, right, to do some UFO stuff. Yeah, well, that was pretty. And wha- has this complication wacky. where it's his longtime buddy, this guy Bigelow, who who's actually also famous for this company, which is creating these ex- inflatable um, habitats. They're really cool. There's one attached oh, to the neat. space station right now that they're testing. Right. You know, the idea that instead of sending a big hunk of metal up there, you could have this inflatable thing, which 
gives a lot, a lot, a lot of space, right? Yeah. So Groovy. Um, anyway, so they're they're in that, but he's also an aerospace generally. And so anyway, so he got a lot of this money to do mm. some UFO research type stuff. And now there are these interviews and these videos with these airline, uh, not airline, but these uh, Air Force pilots or Navy pilots uh, where they're observing these things they call Tic Tacs. Mm-hmm. Do you know the name Tic Tac? That's a, see, that's a buzzword you didn't expect to. If, if, if you said. As if a said, shape for an aircraft. Yeah. But I mean, if someone told you like Tic Tac is going to be a new word that you learn in the news this year, mm. you would have thought, oh, don't even tell me. Don't even. <laughs> Don't right. even tell me what that means, right? Because, right. oh, my God, how could it get worse? Yeah. Because it could be some kind of suppository. Oh, my that's God. That's the problem, right? Well, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not even going to go Although there. that's very backwardly named. Right. Let's let's steer back to Peterson okay. and the district court thing. <laughs> I, I think this uh, this UFO stuff's a dry well, as they say. I, I think it could not be a less dry well. <laughs> Which is fascinating and of no interest to me. Yeah. So let's go back to Peterson. Well, so here's – let me just say this, though. Let me just say this, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> if UFOs are real, this is the biggest story ever. Uh, okay. Right? So what's interesting about the, the reason that you think the story is like – and then a lot of people are like, I don't know what to think about the story. And the reason it's like pushed out of the news is because it's it's one of these things where there's a chance that it's the biggest story ever, but there's also a big chance that it's not a story at all. Yes. Instead of like just a story which is somewhere in between. Right. It is It is the – it's the kind of uh, – um, you know, the, the low probability existential threat kind of model. But here it's not existential threat. I mean, well, it could be. We don't know. Yeah, we don't, we don't know. know what, the, we we don't know know what the these aliens are up to. We don't know what these Tic Tacs want to do. Yeah, we don't know what their objectives are. They're are zooming. there probes? What's going on? Right. We don't know. We don't, we don't know. I think we got to leave it there. Not the whole show, but but that maybe that, that issue. Okay. But, I, I, you know, I, I don't think that our listener base would be so disappointed if we kind of just transitioned into a UFO show. That's a fair point. I mean, I don't think, you know. I don't think we're going to shift all of our discussions to, like, all UFO all the time. That could get a little tedious. Unless it, there were compelling evidence that they were real. <laughs> then you just have to give everything up. But, um, so back, back to I Peterson. Disagree. Back to Back to Peterson. So, so my, the reason I bring this up is because... Of course, that this clip has gone viral of of his being asked right. by Senator Kennedy of Louisiana, the Republican from Louisiana, yep. um, to it basically quizzed. Right. Do you know what this is? Do you know what that is? The kinds of things that you might think that a someone who's going to run trials or who has done trials maybe would know. Um, and and some of them are. Well, he starts asking him. He he pronounced it Dobear, didn't he? Like like it rhymed with Stephen Colbert. Yeah, instead of the Daubert standard, yeah. the Dobert. I've heard it both ways. It's um, and look, if 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 Peterson didn't know what he was referring to, he could ask. Yeah, but, you, but right. So he, so hmm. uh, caviling over uh, how uh, the questioner pr- pronounced something is I, I don't think you can get much there. Uh, um, could he have said it differently? Sure. It could have said the expert testimony standard, right? right? Of course, he was trying to catch him up by calling it something that wasn't descriptive and by using a case name, uh, right? which is why he did it that way. Um, right. If he had asked what the expert testimony standard was, I don't know that it would have been any more fruitful in terms <laughs> of Peterson's inability to, to answer spontaneously. Um, you know, I, there were some so, – so I think it was um, – uh, I'm going to blank on the name now. Was it David Ziff who had some 
tweets about this that it it's to me it seemed like oh I mean there are a lot of people uh, David I do oh, remember tweeting about it but I, on this but I but yeah. I think it was his that, that and that's really what I want to talk about is the is the divide between these takes which is fascinating to me but yeah but go ahead okay and so my basic my basic thought and it, and I think he I think it was David who said it and I think he said it well if it was him uh, great if not I apologize to whoever realized but the point is um, I think it's a little weird to get for everyone to get in such a tizzy uh, and run toward the fainting couch about the fact that this guy doesn't know some terms or maybe even hasn't tried a case. Uh, yeah. Although I have, I'm, I'm not sure about that last observation I made uh, for a district court judge as opposed to a court of appeals judge. The, the thing that's bothersome to me watching that clip, and I did watch it. Yeah, me too. The thing that was bothersome to me is the guy seemed unprepared and arrogant. As a witness, Did he? and yeah. I, and I think hmm. if you're if you're gonna if you're if you're gonna be, I mean these these uh, judgeships are are few in number, they're very important. Uh, you need to be prepared, and even if the very fabric of the way the thing is set up, which is like there's a minute and a half to interview eighteen people, I'm exaggerating only slightly, yeah, uh, which shows a basic contempt by the Republican committee members for the process itself. And if they're being contemptuous of it, you can hardly expect the witnesses to be much better. Fair point. Was that not the process when the Democrats were nominating people? Well, this, I mean, they are jamming me- a, a very large number they, of judges into very small uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. time frames. Yeah. So that you can't really adequately question any of them. Yeah. And I think that is worse than it has been in the past. Um, my point is... I think the guy came off as kind of arrogant and, and ill-prepared. I did not see it that way. Now, I, l- I, let me just say this. I know nothing about this guy other than that clip and the letter. Nor that, do I. That's all that I know about him. For all I know, he could be terrible. He could be wonderful. He could be great. I think, well, I guess I do know one more piece of information about him, which to me is a strike against, and that's that he was willing to accept a nomination, uh, you know, the nomination from the Trump administration. There is that. Now, there is, uh, that's a separate, now, now, listener, that may be making you mad, whatever, but we'll, we'll bracket that, okay? We, okay? Let's not even consider that for a right. second. Uh, so, here's but, another, so I know nothing, here, but I did not read it the same way that you did, Here's, here's a more... Um, Here's a here's a different version of a same uh, on the accept a nomination, right? I think it is interesting to think about, um, and and it's a, in a way it's challenging for lawyers in the Anglo American tradition who typically think of themselves as generalists at some basic level, right? That it is interesting to think about, you know. What do you do if if you're offered a job and and one of your reactions? To it is wow. I'm not really qualified to do that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think there are lots of jobs w- where most lawyers would all say, "Yeah, I wouldn't take that job." Right? Um, I, I need you to be the chief of thoracic surgery at this hospital. Well, I have no medical training. That sounds like a bad or idea. Or even if someone called up tomorrow and said, "Christian, we're nominating you to be a bankruptcy judge." Well, like, see, yeah. this is see, this is clo- that's a har- to me that's a harder. That's a harder question. I might have the same answer, right? Yeah. But but because part of your reaction to that might be depending on like why they're asking you and not somebody else. Right. Um, and thinking, well, you know, I wouldn't be great at it at first, but I'd learn. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and, and surely you would, that's, right? See, that's the thing. We both – I think we both have confidence that the concerns about specific experience gaps 
can be overcome rather readily if the person is otherwise qualified to learn law in any particular area of practice. And that's the harder thing. Right. Now, the kind of of thing you can't overcome in the long run, that's what's more concerning to me. And these questions don't go to that. Yeah. And it it depends on – I agree with that. Although I think there is also an important th- thing to keep in mind about, you know, who's getting who's getting the short end of the stick in the short run. Like in the long yeah. run, oh, absolutely fine. But in the short run, like yeah, if you're presiding over important trials, it's I, like I agree. How many how many litigants are going to sacrifice on the altar of this guy learning on the job? And I and I think that's a that's a, a real problem in a world where there are lots of people who have. Lots of qualifications to be a trial judge that this guy doesn't have. Yeah, yeah. And they have it right now. Well, right? let me. Let, and and yeah. so you could hire them instead. So when I saw this, I, first of all, I saw him as answer, struggling to answer very honestly, but also as reticent to begin to say something he wasn't sure about, which I usually think is an admirable quality, right? To say, you know, I'm not absolutely sure. Uh, and, and so. You know, for all I know, it looked he probably did have a guess about what like a motion in limine was, or maybe even known that it, have known that it was about like a motion in advance trial to suppress evidence or to talk about what testimonies can be allowed. And and but he wasn't sure like you know what the exact you know ambit of that was and whether there are standards and what are they going to get into. And he didn't want to get into everything or or even the um, uh, certainly the um, uh, uh, the questions about. Um, uh, uh, about um, abstention, the abstention doctrine mm-hmm. stuff is stuff. You know, a lot of people are like, is that the Colorado River one? Is that which one is which? They, you know, right. that no one should decide based on answers to that one. Most of the lawyers in my feeds were were um, agitating about the failure to know what a motion in limine is. Yeah, um, and um, so anyway, I saw him as like being honest, but like unwilling necessarily to kind of start down a road that he wasn't sure that he had mastery over. Yes. That's the way that I saw it. Now, I will say this too. Um, The criticism that I saw, which I thought was the best criticism, was that while it's not necessarily disqualifying that he wasn't able to do well in this quiz bowl atmosphere, he should maybe have prepared better. In other words, it's not the lack of knowledge itself. It's that, you know, maybe, especially with these gaps in your knowledge, like especially with these gaps in your expertise, right. maybe you should have boned up on basic trial practice before a hearing, right? A very important hearing like this. Uh, yeah, I was making that point earlier. I think that's a, I, I think... I heard that from several people. And that to me is the most compelling. And I think it's... Um one of the reasons it's the most compelling is because it not not only does it uh make you more hopeful about this person's uh ability to 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 get up to speed more quickly right uh but it shows an an, an a self-awareness about the very need for that to happen right so it's a both yeah. about their ability to do it and about their awareness that it needs to so instead of having this sort of florid dunning kruger display of like not only do i not know i don't realize i don't know so i think i'm great and i did, um, I did and, and i know not, you're I not I'm, I'm not describing him specifically yeah. as yeah, much yeah, as this okay. phenomenon of people being nominated for jobs they're not qualified for and taking and accepting that nomination um and and this he's one of 3 district court judges who's been withdrawn in the last week or two. And so this is a broader, there's a broader issue being dealt with here. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the people who isn't shown in a viral video clip being questioned 
because uh, it never got that far, uh, is sort of just cr- really, really not qualified. Yeah, well, this guy, but this guy was was determined qualified by what it was the ABA is still doing it. I forget now. Yeah, I, yes. So and, he was he was determined to be qualified. Sure, and and, and I, I just didn't see it as cringy. I you know there were people. So whatever you can say about what we should take from his inability to answer these questions, there was a cringy part of it which I want to return to. But I think the one way to one way to say especially about his having been deemed qualified by the ABA in their review process. I could, if he were being nominated for a court of appeals position, I actually think I would think about this quite a bit differently. I, I, I know. Because yeah, I think yeah. there would be a, be a much better match between the stuff he's been doing and this. Well, so uh, uh, th- what yeah. his next job would be, right? Um, and, so, so what I observed in, in, in terms of people who had strong opinions about it was the litigators who had some of the strongest opinions, the people who actually have been in court and have gathered a bunch of experience over time who found this to be disqualifying. And that made me think, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, obviously I have no say in this. So my opinion really doesn't matter other than that. Maybe I should defer to their judgment about, you know, how important this is. Because my initial take was, um, especially when people are posting that, like, this is stuff a first-year law student should know or a second-year law student. You can go all the way through law school without seeing some of these terms. Right. I mean, sure, it's possible or you could hear them differently or they could be emphasized or not emphasized. And what's more, if it's true that like you should get up to speed within six months with these things as a law student, well, then I guess, you know, maybe he could get up to speed within six months. So it's not, you know, it's not it's not such a terrible gap. Uh, uh, the, the issue is in the long run. I, you know, for me, the most important issue is in the long run. What will this what will somebody who's nominated for that position never be able to do well? Like what? What is the cost of putting this person rather than some other person on? But I do take your point that in that, like, we don't want if there are a bunch of qualified people. Why take someone who needs to kind of ramp up to basic competence? It uh, at know. least raises the question because you're yeah. imposing that cost on the litigants uh, who appear before that yeah. person during the period of time. And that's what I when just, they're yeah. not firing on all cylinders. And that's an issue. I just don't have a good sense of that. Like how much yeah, is it going to be – like how much are the clerks going to do? How yeah, much I don't is, have a good sense for it either. Do? But like, I know it's – I yeah. can see that it's a question. Yeah. And I can see that it's something that pe- people need to reckon with. And, and you know, it's like a trial judge is making split second – not quite split second, but fairly quick decisions on evidentiary matters and other right. matters. And so there's kind of a, I mean, a lot not, of like stuff which needs to be maybe closer to the fingertips well, than if Why are there not judge. Virginia state court trial judges who might – get nominated or or dc superior court judges who could yeah. be nominated i mean they're they're already experienced trial judges yeah. are, are are there not gobs and gobs and gobs of them i, I actually know there are so uh, <laughs> it makes me wonder all the more like what is it about that was so pressing about this individual um and so yeah it raises that question the cringy part of the video was, I, well, I have to say though i didn't um because i know that this all feeds into the idea of appointment of unqualified people going back to to brownie and um after katrina right and mm. this idea of putting in patrons and uh and and i i like maybe that's true with this i've got no idea again all i'm going by is the is the video and i and to set you up for what you're about to say i just did not see the cringe i saw somebody who did who wasn't sure of the answers to these questions or wasn't sure where the questions would go next and didn't want to make it about a quiz bowl thing right. who answered i thought in a pretty articulate way and in a way that showed a certain amount of humility. That's what I, that was only on one viewing. I didn't okay. watch this thing three or four and times. And I am not – I want to make very clear. I am not trying to take a cheap shot. If I found myself in the situation he was in, I probably would have vomited right before passing out. 
I mean, I'm not saying I would have been some brilliant on either side of the interaction. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that at all. So this is, I don't mean to take a cheap shot and I'm sitting very much in the cheap seats, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so all of that has to be taken into account uh, in the observation I'm about to I make. I love a cheap shot from the cheap seats. Which, which the moment where he started to talk about, well, I haven't done those things, but I supervise people who do. Yeah. Was such a, was such <laughs> That was such a driving of the car off the cliff. Uh, <laughs> oh, you supervise them, do you? Uh, on the basis of what? Mm-hmm. Like, how is it that you discharge that duty when you don't appear to know any of the nuts and bolts of what those people are doing when they're litigating things? Which Does sort he, of brings I, you around yeah. to the brings you around to I, another thing that I'm thinking as I'm watching this thing unfold, um, which is that this senator is doing a hell of a hatchet job. I mean, yeah. he's going after the guy like Tanya Harding's husband going after Nancy Kerrigan's knee. Oh, I mean, so funny. He, he is just banging away at this guy. And, and, that, and so it makes you wonder, what is his, like, what's going on with him? And, uh, and the Washington Post has an interesting story today, sort of giving some of the backstory about him and his bad relationship with Don McGahn, who's the White House counsel, who uh, apparently sidestepped some person Kennedy very much wanted to be the U.S. Yeah, attorney yeah. in Louisiana and New Orleans. And so there's all this stuff going on as backstory for which this poor guy Peterson is just getting whipped uh, yeah. and embarrassed because – He's grist for this dispute between the senator and the White House counsel, if that's what's really happening, right? So you can't but feel for the guy when you, when it's not even about him anyway. Um, but this whole, you know, oh, but I supervise people who do maneuver was just such a was such a catastrophic mistake. I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, it it's such a short interaction. Like the fact that you supervise people who litigate may well be and uh, you know i don't know it depends on how you supervise them it depends on what you do and if right. you supervise them like but you may Christian, not he was offering I, it as an answer know, to a question know, know. about knowledge about what goes right. on in trial practice he right. he clearly knew that's what was being asked of him right things that would pertain to his job things he didn't appear to take enough interest in to prepare before the hearing I, I guess you're Although, making you, it. You, if, I think you're going if, a little. If, you're bending over a little yeah. too far to make the no, to just, make the guy seem like even if you just knew utterly that, blameless. Even if you knew that the the hearing was going to be a quiz bowl, like how would you prepare? Like motion and lemony, you, that probably would come up on a flashcard. <laughs> how would you prepare? Right. I mean, my but, guess would, is would would, my guess, would abstention hey, doctrines come up I, on your flashcards? Can card? I guess something yeah. here that might be interesting? Yeah, I right. wonder yeah. if the Federal Judicial Center or the Administrative Office of the Courts has some kind of publication that they give to new district court judges. I wonder if such a thing exists. And I wonder if such a thing does exist, if one might not put one's hands on it in advance of a hearing when one has been nominated to be a district court judge. Is there such a thing? And maybe Are you the, I got to believe there is. So you've been nominated. <laughs> no. So you've been appointed. Right. So you've been confirmed. Like. Oh, oh new, once you've been. Af- oh, okay, new okay, district okay. court yeah, judge yeah. book. Right. I bet there is such a thing. And I wonder what amazing things one would learn I think th- th- by cracking it open but in advance of one's hearing. Well, 
some people might say that book does exist. It's called the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, the Federal Rules of Evidence, and the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure. Well, this was an, yet another weird thing about uh, the senator's questions. Is he he was asking about if he would read those books as if you would read them from cover to yeah, cover, which is not how anyone reads them. Like everything was strange. I thought you know the weird pronunciation of uh, Dalbert, which for all I know it was the correct pronunciation. Who knows how you pronounce any of these cases? But it's just not the way that I've ever heard it pronounced. Yeah, well, it's someone's family name. We know I'm hopeless. So. Yeah, exactly. And right. then, and then the, the choosing abstention as the one doctrine. I mean, and then you know, and, and then focusing on whether he's actually read these uh, these things as if they were books that one studies up on, even right. though that never happens right. ever. I mean, I, I just thought it was a weird environment where you, could, as soon as it started, you can just imagine the guy getting nervous because there's no winning move here except to have complete and full knowledge of these things, right? right? Like, if he had complete and full knowledge, he could have said, actually, Senator, it's pronounced, you know, Dalbert. Maybe, maybe it's not, <laughs> but he could have said that. Who cares, right? And then he could have gone in and, and launched into actually what the standard is, right? And, right. I mean, I don't know. I, I just – I find it really interesting the kinds of things that people find disqualifying. And and, and it's not that I uh, – and, and here I'm willing to defer to my friends and, and colleagues who have done um, – who have done a lot of litigation, right? I've done a little but not – you know, I don't really have any more experience than this guy did in terms of actual trial court litigation. But uh, – so I would defer to their judgment. But there is so much else about being a district court judge which which should inform – you know, uh, whether a lifetime appointment makes sense for this person, right? That to me is as important as this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And whether these questions even probe, you know, even probe the issue under consideration. Is he qualified to run a trial? Will he be able to get up to speed to run a trial before he does violence even to the first litigant, right? That, right. like, you know, I don't know. And my guess is that in an alternate universe where this nomination of this guy who can't answer these questions posed by the senator in this way, like it, if it weren't just the latest in a year-long line of buffoonery and knavery, maybe it wouldn't ha- have resonated in nearly the same way. It right. would just seem kind of weird and people would not really pay much attention to it. Yeah, I mean, we got, but it's it's yet another florid illustration of the sort of uh, you know war on expertise way of thinking about what's been going on for the last year. Uh, it, that that's, that, is, that was my concern. That with is the, concerning. Yes, but that was my concern with the reaction to it. That there was a little bit of kind of confirmation bias in here. Like everything about those questions and the answers played into the idea that this is yet another one of these things. And it wasn't obvious to me watching it that it was of a piece with these other things just from that. But, but it also doesn't mean it, it isn't one of a piece. It doesn't, of it us. doesn't, it doesn't. Right. So, yeah. You know, you know what I have second on my list here, Joe? I don't know. Feuds. Hmm? Feuds. 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 It seems to me, boy, boy, this came up in another context today. How did this come up? Not fugues. No. Feuds. Feuds. This is like that ad with the insurance oh, thing where the guy's like, so did you, did you see, did you see that, um, uh, um, the the more perfect con- uh, podcast, great podcast. I've ne- I've not heard it. Oh, I it's great. Think. Which it's, one it's, is that? It's Radio Lab. It's Radio Lab doing the Supreme Court. Oh yes, I know. I yeah. have heard some episodes yeah, of that. It's terrific. I mean, everything they do is great, right? Yeah. And I think they were raising money, and they were asking for a bunch of money to do the podcast. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to to be as sponsor free as they could. Um, and uh, and they said this takes look, it takes a lot of work. We're doing a lot of stuff here. You know, this is production, a lot of writing, all kinds of stuff. This is not just kind of two dudes talking to each other. 
And, and people took this as a slam on first Mondays. Now, obviously not a slam on us. We're not in that same orbit. Right. We're not. That's not us. Oh, no. Uh, although we are two dudes talking into microphones. But it's funny, Dan, Dan, and Dan Epps had done a tweet about some review that they had gotten where it was, um, where a person was like, yeah, there are these two dudes and they're just interrupting each other and I didn't learn anything and I'll listen to another episode, but sort of like a, you know, yeesh kind of thing. <laughs> and Dan, Dan did a tweet about it yeah. to sort of react to it, um, like, you know, oh, well. <laughs> it's not for everybody. <laughs> different, different things for different, different folks. Different things for different folks. That's um, fine. Yeah, true. But but it made me think, and, and and then of course a lot of like firsties, as they call them. We don't have we don't have a cool name like that, Joe. But no. but a lot, they, they were coming to the I, defense I had of first Monday. Name, but you no, didn't like it. No, Argies. Oh, jeez. You didn't like it. No, 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 no. Um, friends of the show. Uh, but but they, they were leaping to the defense of first Monday. Eventually, they had to cut this off. But it made me think that really for us to get big, and and why should let's face it, like America's faculty colloquium. Mm. Why shouldn't it get big? Why is everybody not li- <laughs> Why is everybody like I, I'm laughing because people can't hear your silent laughter over there. But right. uh, uh, why does everybody not want to hear a legal theory podcast on a mostly but not always weekly basis? Like why, why not? But these are the deep questions but that it you're seems posing. To me, so here's here's the idea. So we have to pick a fight. We, with We someone. need a good feud. It seems yeah. like we should pick a feud with the first Mondays guys. Mm, no. Seems like we should pick. We should. We should. You know, have a beef like a. You know, this is the age of Trump. It's the age of like, it's the age of beefs that seem serious and then get resolved and then you're best buddies again and then there's another beef. You see what I'm saying? Uh, I do, but, but, um. The problem is I, I like those guys. It's not just, it, it, this, and I don't have a beef. That's actually a, it, not so much a Trump thing as a worldwide wrestling federation thing. What, and what the same thing. Right. And so it's decades old and no. <laughs> What's your next topic? Well, I thought we would start a feud. No. I don't. I don't have. I was going to. I'm perfectly happy to start a feud with you. Oh, <laughs> you and I can feud, and that, and maybe that'll perk the ratings. Who knows? <laughs> uh, Moving along. That 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 could have also that could also have been in the category of like who's not honoring us now. Do you remember that um, that Stephen Colbert <laughs> bit from way back in the no. early days of the show? Who's not honoring me now? No, that he would sounds... go into every time there was a big award that he didn't get. He would uh, go into it. Right. We did this for a while with the Peabody because, as you know, we are. We we might we are eligible for a Peabody. Yes, we're, and in that sense, we're up for one. In much the same way that anything happening on planet Earth, I suppose, given that they could change the rules for the Peabody, is right. up for the Peabody. I, we may be the world's foremost Peabody eligible podcast in the category of on a mostly weekly basis talking about papers <laughs> that are on SSRN by two dudes. <laughs> yeah, in, in the microphone and yeah. guest. Yeah, yeah. Um. Just, point. just throwing that out there. Okay. 2017 is not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> if the UFOs can come up at the last minute, who knows? Weird things can happen. Um, ooh, boy. Boy, that's a big topic. I don't know about that. Jeez. I, listeners, I can't see this list of topics. It's just – so for all I know, he's staring at a blank page. Well, I'm going to skip that one for now, but um, maybe we'll come back. I want to do a whole show on that one. No, you tell me what it is. No, 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 no come back to it. This is about the self and eh, not right now. So uh, – <laughs> About the self. Uh, it's, Good Lord. It's complicated. Um, um, Brian on Twitter uh, has been – as as everybody who discovers the show, there are two things you need to do when you discover the show. Oh, One, okay. tell other people about the show. Sure, sure. Say, hey, you know, maybe you're not listening to America's faculty colloquy. Maybe because you don't live in America. <sighs> I wish you would stop calling it that. Why is that? Because it's so it's such a self mocking thing to call it. What? 
It's not. It's, you think it, we're more? You think it's not serious enough? It just makes it sound terrible. And it's this show is not terrible. The show's oh. really fun and interesting. It is. And you shouldn't call it America's Faculty Colloquium because we are international. <laughs> I, I get it, Joe. I get it. It's too. It's too provincial. Um, I yeah, have to think of another name. Yeah, good. Um, uh, but but it is it is like a it, it is we are trying to make it like a really good faculty colloquium. I mm, can you talk about something else, please? Anyway, so you should tell other people about the show and uh, and then go back and listen to. We got all kinds of great episodes with great guests in the past, and Brian's been doing that. And he's he's back in 2015, so mm. he's you know he's living now. You know he's there's nothing unusual is happening there, Joe. He's living <laughs> he's living now just like you and me, right? As but, as, as but you do. But he's listening to us talking in 2015 and was struck by our optimism. Mm. And the show that made him uh, tweet about this was the show Brutality um, uh, about the Confederate monuments mm-hmm. uh, with Al Brophy. Yeah, that was a good. Conversation. Uh, it was that was a really good conversation. It was a really fun um, show, and, and and that you know Confederate monument issues continue to be a pressing issues in lots of communities. So. And obviously what he's kind of tapping into is at that time there was a great optimism, I think that at least I had and you had, that like we, you know, that that the arc was bending toward justice at an increasing rate. Mm. And I wouldn't have predicted that time that we would have like a, a KKK march in Charlottesville that would be, that wouldn't be denounced from the White House um, immediately and unambiguously and so so there's let's just say there's been a lot of like retrogression is that yes. the right word um, yeah we're, we're on um I, I agree that in 2015 i would not have imagined we would be on this timeline and i also thought it was about now or maybe it was next year i forget exactly how many years i thought it would be that that there would be the case uh striking down the death penalty yeah that's wrong yeah we're not we're not there yet we're not there yet and we, and may, and we may never be well i would never never is a long time it is a long time and and um and it will involve appointing some more supreme court justices i imagine so yeah another topic eventually um maybe, maybe we should appoint 10 more mm. this is my forcing idea yeah to force a constitutional amendment because you can't rely on norms and so you just have to say look when we get in power we're going to appoint 10 justices yeah i would probably support that um but that that is a longer conversation. Um, so I, do you feel? Do you? Um, I don't know. I, I thought he, he wants to know how have we changed? Are we still are we like optimistic for the future? Or are we? You know, do we think we were naive then? I, I, I just didn't anticipate events turning out like they have. And and the truth is, so much about the culture. I think the Me Too movement, the um, the embrace of of. Um, I'd say more accurate understanding of what women face throughout many, many industries is, is a continuation of a project that I think we thought we were on at the time. Yeah. And certainly I've been enlightened right. recently about many and, things. And I think it's been very, that is very positive. Um, and it, it's brought about by very negative things, it, negative events and, it, and, um, uh, but, but it is a positive thing to, to, um, recognize these truths and respond because our co-citizens and co-country people and co-humans are being very badly mistreated and i, I just to don't the detriment of yeah, all of us so I, I don't think racism and anti-semitism and misogyny are any more popular than they were in 2015 um it's just that you know in the united states you can you can win an election without winning a majority right, right. and you can control 
the House of Representatives without winning a majority. And, yep. and, and, and even if your party controls a majority, it may not even be, the, it's not the majority of the, of your, of, of a party, which is needed to sustain a certain element of that party, which is viciously racist and anti-Semitic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's just, yeah, those people feel like the lid has been taken off to some extent, right? right? And the news media is in a rush to cover a lot of these events. And I, yeah. that's a, it's kind of a separate issue, but I, I'm still optimistic. I, it's just, no, I don't feel optimistic, but <laughs> I am optimistic. You know, I, I it still feels. Mm, I'm, I'm looking to you to save me here because I, 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 it still feels like a huge weight is on my skull all the time. Yeah, I agree, and I think the way I would say it for myself is, I mean, I, 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 I am very optimistic about many things I was optimistic about before. Mm-hmm. However, at the same time, the tail risks. Some of the tail risks seem much more uh, palpable and present because of the election and et cetera. So uh, that's a, and that's a negative for sure. I think we're much for, I I think we are, although it's remains, I think unlikely, but I think we are materially more, I think we are materially closer to there being war on the Korean peninsula than, than we were, uh, before the 2016 presidential election, and we would be if it had turned out differently. Um, but but that but that's based on a lot of things, most of which I have only a fuzzy understanding of. Right. But that's my sense, right? Yeah. So that's an example of a tail risk that has become that has started to loom larger, larger. in the mind. Yeah. Uh, even so, even though I'm optimistic about many of the same things I was optimistic about before, you know, it's hard not to get bummed out by the prospect prospect of nuclear war. <laughs> Right. I mean, that's like that's such a such a massive human catastrophe. Yikes. Yeah. Makes, this is a bad timeline. Yeah. Makes you hope these alien Tic Tacs will swoop in and save us. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Yeah. I've got nothing. I, I, you know, my, my brain feels like it's been split with a chisel and it's fractured in a bunch of different directions mm. and i just want to say everything at the same time sometimes and i'm just like I, you know i'm out mm. Mm. that's a little stream of consciousness for you but mm, okay. um i don't know what darcy's uh, yeah i think maybe maybe meredith came home oh okay should we should really have a casual episode where we bring in the family don't you think <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely uh we got uh, an email from listener andrew who alerted us to, you remember that conversation we had with the wonderful and, and world famous, let's face it, Anthony Christ mm. about the, um, uh, I think it was called because of sex, right? It was about the, yes. the ruling on, uh, that, that, um, discrimination against gays was discrimination because of sex for purposes of title seven. Was yes. it title seven in that case? Right. I think so, yeah. Um, and they, the seventh circuit recently heard this case or, or decided this case, uh, is it Tagami Tagami against city of Chicago? Basically, it was an activist uh, uh, who went bare-breasted, I think. Um, I, I don't have all the details in front of me, I'm not, and I haven't, re- so I haven't read the case. Provoking an arrest over a nudity prohibition. A, nu- a city nudity prohibition. And, yeah. of course, the nudity, you know, males can bear their nipples, but females can't, right? And so that seems like— And we like had it. actually talked about a hypo uh, that was a variation on this idea, although it was more work-related. You had, ta- you had posited— A lifeguard. A hypothetical, right, about lifeguards. And it's meant to— advance this this idea that I was trying to argue for that that our determinations about what things have to be equalized are ultimately political determinations right and and that 
that's what changed in terms of understanding gays as having equal rights in many, many dimensions, right? It's, it's, a, it's a political recognition of an equality or, or, or of an equal status within the political community. And the sort of social norm sort of undergirding of all that stuff exactly. as, it, as it changes over time. Right. Which it does. Right. So, so I, I maybe this may be something to talk about with Anthony when he gets back on the show. Mm. I don't, I, we probably have to book him a couple years in advance, <laughs> I think. Um, if we're smart. Let's see. What else do I got here? Oh, listener Joel sent us. Now, I have not listened yet. I, oh, this I, is the new, podcast, the new podcast in Australia. Yeah. Yes. So I yeah, almost yeah. feel bad. Like, I feel like we should talk about it next time after I've had a chance to. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to listen to it There are two episodes either. up already. And it's like, oh, my God, he, he's emailed us about this. I, I don't remember exactly when. Late November, I think. Um, so about a month ago. In That Case podcast. This is out of Australia. It's in that case podcast.com. And we can put this in show notes, right? We'll put it, yeah, probably. I'm, I'm going to try to do show I mean, There's part of me which says, nah, don't do any show notes. Just push this thing out. Mm. Get it off my desk. But I probably will do some show notes and I'll probably put it in. And how if about, I don't do how it this about time, just I'll... doing that one? In show notes, have that one thing. <laughs> just, just that's the only thing in the entire, I won't even have an episode description. Just that. Yeah, just that. that. Yeah. Um, so, so I, my homework will be, I will listen to this. I, I, I just remember that I needed to, mm. this has now risen to the top of my to-do list. So I will listen to this and, and, um, um, thanks for sending that in, Joel. Joel's a loyal, longtime listener. Correct. And, uh, can't wait to, to take a listen. Um, I, there were, there were other emails again, and we're going to do more feedback next time. Okay. I, I think that may be all the feedback I wanted to do for right now. Do you have more topics? Um, I had like. I'm trying to remember the context where I wrote this thing down. That's what this this whole thing about the self, and so I, that's why I kind of don't want to get into it because you can't remember why. What yeah, you... what was the hook with it? Um, but it, boy, it was very important to me at the time. Mm-hmm. The the other topic I had in here, I will come back to it. Right, it, it was a relation to the Hungry Ghost episode. It relates to Buddhism, the self. Mm-hmm. Derek Parfit, famous philosopher, and this book by Robert Wright on um, why Bu- why Buddhism is true, which yeah. is a great book. Um, and uh, he had a he did a recent uh, episode of the Ezra Klein show, which was really great. I've heard that that's great. I haven't listened. I, I've already you know listened to the audiobook. So, um, but I'll probably listen to that as well. Yeah. I heard it was, another. It was a really good conversation. I thought yeah. it was quite interesting. And I've not I've not uh, read or heard the book. Yeah. So I, I need to remember the why did I put this in here at the time? Why did I add this to the list? And what did it relate to? I'm sure it was you know I could have been in a fugue state, mm. not a feud state. You've already said no feuds. <laughs> Is that right? Fugue or feud? <laughs> you were in a fugue state, not I, a fugue I thought state. You were, I thought you were saying no fugues on the show. Mm. So there was this ad about, and and the guy's holding a frog, and he, and he is like, frog protection? And the other person's saying fraud protection. It's like some kind of insurance product. So they're going back and forth about frogs versus frauds. And you made me think of that. You know, last time we talked... So I want to thank you. Last time I mentioned that the show as we've said before, will increasingly be t- dominated by our health corner. Yeah, yeah. It occurs to me that a limit to that is the other half of the show, which will also increase in in, in volume, which is us talking about things where we misheard each other. <laughs> <laughs> it will be fun because on some of those occasions, whole minutes will go by. <laughs> when When part of what's so awkward and strange about the conversation for listeners is that they know what we misheard, but we don't yet know what we misheard. That would be strangely compelling. I think it will be better. That that would almost be better with video. Strangely compelling. Yeah. Hmm. But that, yeah, you're right. That's bound to happen. Yeah. I mean, my hearing's so bad already that um, it's just, we're just marching further down that road. Hmm. Huh. 
you know, I think part of the self thing was this, um, was it was also a, well, okay, I'm not going to get to it. It'll be a little bracket, bracket, bracket. It's hard for me to bracket because I want to talk to you about this. And So and tell me a little bit no, about no, it. No, the just last, give me the last little, topic. The last give me topic. a little bit of a, give me just a little bit of a, a little bit of a taste of the self mm. issue so I can ponder it. No. You got to let me think about no, it. No, it's not. It, it's, uh... All right, don't tell me. I've, I've been reading some books lately with a lot of like interior dialogue, mm. both the David Foster Wallace book and some Virginia Woolf books. And then there's a lot – the, the, the David Foster Wallace's last book, mm. The Pale King, all about um, uh, boredom mm. really and, and, and uh, centers on work in an IRS facility. So there's this kind of interesting law and policy and a human approach to law and policy tie there, which is interesting mm. to me. But – um, but I, I don't want really to get into it because there's one more topic. Okay. Um, and I think th- I think I put this in here because it's coming up on our fourth anniversary. Yeah, yeah. We kind of already talked about this. This is our show. Should we Should we do some navel gazing? What do you mean? Well, like, is our show any good? We're going to cut this all out. <laughs> <laughs> is our show any good? What on earth are you talking about? <clears throat> No, I, so so we've done some interesting shows. In the, we've done a call out show for our anniversary before. We did. We did. I think we did that twice. Once on cereal, and once was just generally. I think what do we what do we ask people for that other show? I remember the cereal one, but I don't remember the second one. Of second calling one, out. I think we talked to uh, that was when we talked to listener Bunny about data. Huh. I, maybe it was like their favorite. Uh, their favorite show or piece of art or something like that. We could do that again. We yeah. could do a call out we show. Just, we, maybe we should schedule that. That could be fun. We do have a live show that we're going to do next semester. Yes. Yeah, but we're not going to talk. We're not, the cat's not out of the bag on that one. Oh, okay, cool. Stay in there, cat. Yeah. Um. So I don't look. I don't. We, we can we can end the show here. We don't have to keep going. But, but I uh, what was your but uh, what what were you what did you want to talk about? Well, just the the evolution of the show over time, and and whether you had any thoughts, whether coming up on four years, like is there are there things that we should do differently? I, I'm kind of also putting it out there for listeners, I guess, a little bit. Like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, like, I would that would be interesting to hear. Do I think we should do things differently? I think the show has has evolved as I think the show has developed and changed as we have developed and changed. I think mm-hmm. it has it remains a manifestation of our interests and our. Uh, conversations with one another and with other people and I think that is uh, that has always been the core truth of the show and the core value of the show and uh, that would remain the case I don't think it would be interesting to do if it weren't the case mm-hmm. um, and I don't see how it could be other than the case like th- it's you and me and the people we're talking to that's what it is and so it's, yeah it's, as I, we change it will change and and at some point, probably, we'll decide once the medical hour is like truly 90% and then 10% right. is us not hearing what the other person said. I think someone will p- come in and pull the plug. I don't know. We might not be able to anymore at that point. But someone will come in and <laughs> cut it all off, you know? So, uh, yeah, maybe, well, you know, now that net neutrality, we've done a couple of good shows about net neutrality in the past. That's true. Um, if, if you want to hear people talking about like why this was a complex issue even before now. Um, and there've been some things written recently about, uh, why this isn't so cut and dried. Um, although I'm a fan of net neutrality, but like it's, it's actually a somewhat interesting complex issue. Uh, we've had guests on before. I think Jim Spetta was one. Christina Mulligan was another. Aaron Persinowski. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron Persinowski. Which show was that one? I'm trying to remember. I collected these recently. Yeah. So we've had several shows, talking about that. Um, but now that net neutrality is, is no longer a thing, 
I think they can pull the plug without our ever knowing it. We can think that we're still publishing a podcast, <laughs> but no one, no one will ever see it. Uh, yeah. No one will ever see it, Joe. Ugh, sad. No, I, th- I think that one of the things I really love is having is, – is, well, I mean so some of the shows that I've really loved or some of the ones that we used to do more of back in the day where, where one of us will have a bead in our bonnet about something, mm. whether it's law or, you know, or word processors or whatever. Right. Or, or law reviews or, or the blue book and we'll just back and forth, back and forth. Like we didn't set out to do that today. We did set out to do a little bit of feedback, a few topics. Yeah. Um, and and th- those were always fun. But – um, we we've done fewer of those over over time. We've we've done, tended to do more guests now, yeah. and then mailbag in between. What used to be, we would always do mailbag in advance. We just put it in in the pre roll, right, and then bring on the guest. And mm. now we just shied away from that. You know, we come messing messing around with the format a little bit. But the, but boy, the guests have been just reading all of these papers, talking to people. I I'm just seeing many more minds than I would if we didn't do the show. You know what I mean? Deeply yeah. engaging. I think just reading the papers is one thing, but when I actually talk to the guests... And you read it differently knowing you're going to be talking to someone. Of course. So that's great too. But I also experience it differently when I talk with them because, you know, I know when I write things, you're trying to t- guess really about, well, like, what's the best way to tell people about these ideas, Yeah. right? And you don't always get it exactly right. Or maybe you get it right for one person, but not for another person. Yeah. But when you get into a conversation with somebody, you can kind of, you know, you can drill down on some of these things that were hangups for you and that they can help you see, no, I was thinking of it this way. And and I, I like that, you know, that direct guidance that we get when we talk to a guest to to see another mind. I Yeah, it is very enjoyable. And it's also another thing that's enjoyable about it is that the paper – that we're talking about with the person is sort of a is sort of a matrix for the conversation, but but it is very improvisational. We're we're hearing what they say, they're hearing what we say. It's a di- it's a dynamic, present, organic thing. Yeah, well, and, and some papers truly are discrete works in the sense that the person thought about an issue, they put a lot into it, they produced the paper, and those are their thoughts. But for many of us, our thoughts, like papers, are are snapshots in time of our thinking. Right. Certainly some of the stuff I've worked on, like, yeah, they're discrete ideas. Right. But I've continued thinking about those things. And and the paper was my best effort at that point in time to summarize those thoughts. And and in some ways, maybe it, it, to the extent a paper is that, yeah. a conversation is a way of kind of revisiting the ideas and seeing how they were in the stream of ideas, how they were reduced to uh, to this and discrete thing. And that's like uh, Holmes says this, uh, this, this is what words are, right? The skins of living things. Yeah. And the, there's a way in which the paper is the same thing. It's mm-hmm. the skin of a living idea. Right. Or or cluster of ideas. Yeah. It is a – it's interesting, isn't it? Because a paper is – in some ways it is the manifestation of a truer thing, not to get too platonic. But like it is – like I have some ideas and, and a paper is – is an instance, right, of, of that yeah. idea. It's, a, it's, a, it's an idea which is, is made real, but by being made real, it's not the whole thing. It's not the thing itself, right? Because there are, are right. maybe 10 different papers you could have written from the same set of ideas, Yeah, so they're right? evidence of the thing, but they're not the thing. Right, but, but what's which interesting... Was, which in a way is always going to be unseen. It's like it's a, there's always going to be a part of it that's hidden. So a conversation... Because you don't write the infinite papers right. around it. Yeah. Whereas a conversation is another approach at the same underlying real thing. Right. True. Uh, um, but, it, but it is also not the thing. It's also not the thing. It's just but a the weird thing is that, the, is that the idea it's uh, that the paper itself escapes the idea. Right. The, the paper itself becomes something which is no longer. It's not just 
In other words, you don't, re, you know, you don't always just read a paper as evidence of what the real thing is. And so you're, this is like an original intent thing. Like you don't just read it as trying to understand what was in the author. Eventually the, the paper no longer belongs to the author in some real sense. Right. And it becomes a font of ideas in and of itself. And so yeah. there's kind of a double escape happening. Yeah. The only, I, the only thing I would differ with you on is I, I wouldn't have used the word eventually. I mean, uh, it oh, happens, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in essence, it happens virtually instantaneously. Yeah. Because people can pick it up and read it and make of it what they will. I remember as a teenager, as a teenager, when I encountered art, whether it was music or something else, and 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 it was and and the underlying thing, well, the, well, the 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 writing or the or the music was deeply symbolic, right? In, in a way, and I really wanted to know, well, what does it mean, right? And and I was. Um, and I, and I loved it and I had my own ideas about it, but I really at that point wanted to know, like I would read these interviews with musicians or something like what, and, and some of them would say, it means whatever you want, or I don't want to say what it means. And that would always, it would, it would be maddening to me. Mm. Right. Um, but I appreciate that now. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's, you can say if you want, like I, I'll give you another take on this idea, right? That was one manifestation. Let me give you another. That's fine. That's, that's your right. choice. Right. But, but there's a very real sense in which that, other thing that you say doesn't change this thing that you have now let escape and now belongs to everyone else. But and they're having their own experiences about and yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, in a way, that's kind of the show, isn't it? I mean, it is another, it's another take on ideas which have already, uh, on manifestations of ideas where those manifestations have already escaped the author, mm-hmm. right? And so we can talk about our experiences of the of the thing. Right. But it's also another take at the underlying ideas. Like if you, like it's another version of the same thing. It's an, it's another manifestation of the ideas, which drove the paper. Yeah. And authors seem to like it, seem to like the process of revisiting and, and we're, we're, uh, well, the ones who are stepping out on a new Vista of, it's not so much a revisiting as a just marshalling out further from stepping out further from what they had done in the paper. And, the authors we've had on have been great and have seemed to enjoy it. The ones who come on the show do, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. It's, it's not for everybody. That's true. And some people who we've invited have said no. They don't really say why, but but maybe one reason is what you just said. Maybe another reason is they just don't have time. Or maybe another reason is they don't know us and would prefer to spend their time talking to people they know. Who maybe, knows? Maybe they do know us and they hate us. It's possible. Yeah, I feel I, much. I more, hesitate to reach that one. But I don't know. I, one one answer to this question of how we've changed over the past two years since we sounded so optimistic is, I do feel. I remember. Yeah, this is it, this came up with you the other day. We were talking about humility. Do you remember that? And I was I was complaining about a certain a certain instance where people say I'm humbled to accept this honor. Oh, right, right, right. Um. And I and I was expressing some frustration with that formulation, right? When when a person was clearly proud, and at the same time, it, but so, sometimes this can be authentic, right? And and you and I talked about this, right? That so, sometimes people truly are humbled and they feel small in comparison to what has happened or what's been bestowed upon them or the responsibility, right? And and I think my, I think what I said was that, um, it. it if I think about instances where I've heard that and it and it sounded uh, honest, it was it was not the person saying I am hu- humbled or I am humble, but I was like I felt humbled, like they're reporting a past feeling, right? Like maybe when they first learned about something, right? Or like that. And it was, it was it's interesting because I think it was after um, 
maybe the second Virginia Woolf book or, or some, I forget exactly, but I was deeply in the mind of a, of a character, right? And it occurred to me how humbling the experience has been of reading certain works lately mm. and of experiencing this modern period that we're in, this chaotic period where, it, like me, I think you feel, like I can say how I feel, buffeted quite a bit, right, in the, the chaos of the of our universe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, so, so if I had to characterize a change in the last two years, it would be a, towards a greater humility um, for me personally. Like I just feel, um, and this is all for the good, I think, less, not that I was I, not necessarily, I don't want to say I was a jerk or overconfident about like other minds or predicting things, but I definitely feel more humble and, and I feel alive to the universe of ideas and minds that are out there that, you know, that there is true both terror and wonder in this weird collection of monkeys that we, that we all ultimately are uh, on this planet. And that's, uh, you know, sometimes it's scary, but sometimes it is, it is truly wonderful. Mm. So I have thought about humility in that way. Um, this great line from, I think it's the, uh, the play Antigone, uh, and it's something like, um, in, uh, in English would be something like many are the wonders, but none are stranger than man, than people, mm. um, where the, where it's, as you say, it can be terrifying as well as awe, awe-ing. Be- yeah. Um. You, well, it can be terrifying in a sense that if you knew the full weight of it all, it you would either you would, you know, be crushed by your own insignificance, by you know, or or terrifying just in the, there's just so much information that you would be right. you can't possibly take it in. Um, but there is, uh, you know, there are some people, and this is maybe why art is so important, who are able to catch a glimpse of that near infinity, right? That near infinity of minds and thoughts, and you you just get a hint of the complexity of it all. That you that you don't. I, I think we talked about this on the on the show one other time. I know we're kind of. Are we going long? No. Okay. Did I tell you about this painting that I saw? No. In Chicago. Okay. I want you finish your point, and then well, I want to. Well, okay. Tell so you my point was just going to be really quick, and uh, this is a long time. I think it was in that episode with the um, the snow in Atlanta, where it shut down Atlanta, and I mm. think I talked a little bit about how important wilderness has been in my life and wilderness experiences mm-hmm. in terms of. Um, and I'm not going to go over all that over all that again, but but there's a certain change of frame of mind that occurs when you are reminded, right, of uh, uh, of a different way of looking at things, and for me, what seems like a truer place of the self in 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 the universe, and that same experience reading truly great works of art, right, literature, seeing a truly great film, uh, and when I say truly great, like I'm not claiming that I have some kind of, you know, uh, um, universal measuring stick here, but, but I mean like tr- truly impacting me, like in a way that I, there's no sense in which I am the same person as I was before I encountered this thing. Mm. Right. And like not doing that. So, uh, is a, is a disservice to the self, right? I mean, you catching that glimpse of, and this is what Holmes says at the end of the path of the law, a glimpse of the infinite. Right. I mean, and I, it always puzzled me that line because he's such an anti, formalist, right? There is no real ultimate law. But this is the sense in which a glimpse of the infinite is a glimpse into these many, many minds and the complexity of the 
of the situation and, and and in immersing yourself in the art work of others and 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 in the diversity of your community or in wilderness these are ways of catching catching a glimpse of that mm. um, and um and so I, just the last point on this and we'll get to your to your painting was i think i talked on the show before i know i say that all the time because I, you know that increasingly by the way as we increase the number of episodes and we get older We'll just have to constantly say, I think we've talked about this before, because we won't remember. And if we just keep talking, we'll make it true anyway. A- so, absolutely. Yeah. But what I think I talked about before was one piece of advice that one of the professors gave on the first day of classes when I went to law school. Oh. And that was, uh, that was Mark Kelman talking about making the easy problems hard. And I think I've talked about that on the mm-hmm. show before. Uh, if not, we can come back to it. But the other piece was um, from um, Pam Carlin, who encouraged us all to read poetry. Oh, nice. Right? Which I think is very nice. I, now, I am not... Um, I I don't normally read poetry. I, I'm not. Um, I appreciate it, but I, I can't say that it really lands with me in a way. But but I I see that piece of advice a little bit differently lately, as I struggle with our place. Right? Mm. I, I struggle with the peril that I think that we're in. Yeah. I struggle with the many minds problem. I, I you know I'm seeing that in a different way. That it's not just to keep yourself sane. It's not to remind yourself that there's beauty in the world. Although that can those are all good things, right? Um, but it's also I think to to remind yourself of the nature of the self, right? The limited nature of the self, but also the potential of the self. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to hear about your painting. For a broad enough, uh, for a broad enough meaning of the word poetry. Yeah. I think I would, I I would disagree with your description of yourself. I think you do experience a lot of poetry. It, It might not be written verse, Right. But that's far from the only kind of poetry. Yeah. So I, if you take her advice, <clears throat> that's why I bring it up. Because if you take her yeah. advice in the broader context, it's about in, engaging with minds which are talking in different registers, right? That are they're speaking aesthetically. Yeah, the creative deeply, expression of yeah. others, which can take lots of forms. And, um, right. So, yeah, I was at the Art Institute in Chicago, um, spent a few hours there. And uh, there, there's a painting there. It's a Renoir. It's called Two Sisters uh, or Two Sisters on a Terrace. And it's... Uh, it's one that everyone would recognize as a famous Impressionist painting mm-hmm. um, that have, I'm sure most people have seen many times uh, in, in various forms. And it, uh, But uh, this is one of the great things about being in the physical presence of, of paintings oh, yeah. and sculptures is that it's quite different. It, way different, um, right? Dramatically different to be in their, in their, in their presence. You were um, the one who told me how different seeing the David in person would be. Oh my God. It's, it's staggering. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it rocks you back yeah. on your heels. I yeah. don't know if you have seen it live, yeah. but yeah, in Florence one time. Yeah. Um, when I was lucky enough to be there one time. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I found that statue to be, uh, the first few minutes of seeing it, I found to, it to be very disturbing. And I, and I, as I was walking away from it, I thought, I do not understand how he was not executed. I don't understand <laughs> why Michelangelo was not dragged out and put to death because it, this, it looks so completely otherworldly and freakish. Talk about aliens. The, the, like the pose and the musculature and, and the and sense it, of mass and weight. Yeah, and, and like, it's about to step off the pedestal. You, you it's don't, deeply you don't, frightening. You don't get that when you see a picture of it. Or no. even when you see a small reproduction, when you see the the mass of it in person. Well, yeah, because you, you, like, you walk down this hallway. Yeah. And, I mean, it, lo- it looks like a, this beautiful, beautiful monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and and of course there are there are the exhibits and studies all along the sides, right? Because it is in the central part yeah. of this. I, that's my memory, and it's been a while. 
And of course you want to, you, you want to do it the way you're supposed to do it. So you want, but you can't like, you just gravitate. You let me see that thing one more time. Yeah. Like, it's hard to like walk around and look at all of the other things when that thing is in your presence. Yeah. I found. So I went back to this painting a few times while I was at the Art Institute because it was so, I come around this corner and it was off to my right and I saw it and it just kind of stopped me in my tracks. And the facial expression of the two uh, children, the two uh, the a uh, very young girl and an older girl and um the older girl for some reason i kept thinking of the mona lisa there's this her the shape of her mouth it's this beginning of a smile mm-hmm. and but it's she's a young teenager it looks like so it's very it's a very different it's a much more innocent and hopeful beginning yeah. of a smile the mona lisa is a very knowing adult wry beginning of a smile yeah um and it's just the color and the brush strokes, the painting, it, it was gooey almost. Mm. Um, and the some of it is flowers. And so they, just an amazing achievement in impressionism as a, as a, as an art form. Um, wow. And, and not to, not, not to, in all of these cases that both with the David and with this painting, it's the fact that you were attending to it. You were in a situation where, your full attention was on appreciating these kinds of details that you might not have seen otherwise. Right. I mean, our experiences shape so much by the, what we, well, this is going back to the pale King, what we choose to pay attention to. Yeah. And, right? and you know, if, I don't know that if I, of course, how, how do you know whether if you'd been there on a different day? Yeah. Um, would I have experienced it the same way? I have no way of knowing that. I just, but I do know that that day, Wow. It really, I kept going back to it because it was, I just, it was so clearly um, uh, beyond. Right. And I wanted to be near it right. and see it. Right, right. Because it was so awe-inspiring. I was at the... Um, at, so at the, beautiful. I remember that conference, I already talked about this conference I went to, but I had the occasion when I was in the Netherlands to go to the Van Gogh Museum. Mm, talk about gooey. <laughs> Those have you been paintings, there? Have you been to that museum? Um, I have not been to that museum, but I've seen, I've been to some Van Gogh exhibitions where they had gathered things from all around the world to try to create this sort of a critical mass of Van Gogh stuff. Yeah. And I mean, this, <laughs> his, they look like pudding, some of his mm-hmm. paintings. Well, there's, they do it so well because you see the early period and everything. I only bring this up because, of course, one of his famous early paintings is this, uh, the Potato Eaters, mm. which is this very dark and, um, it has a different feel than his later painting. He was influenced by Japanese art in fascinating ways, which gave his later art this kind of shimmering quality. And he was interested in the materials. And but the early art, right, was was uh, it was earlier. It didn't have all of this. But the potato is if it's very dark painting with these these uh, peasants who are um, uh, well, they're eating potatoes, right? And so I encountered that, and it was very moving to see it. And then, of course, it's, you know, you're moved by lots of other things because it's the Van Gogh Museum, so right. you're seeing lots of moving things. <laughs> right? and, and, but, but then as I'm leaving the museum, I, you know, you go through the gift shop, exit through the gift shop. Right. Ironically enough, I, got, I went to a museum and saw a Banksy exhibit after that, but mm. um, that aside. Uh, and in the gift shop, of course, there is the, the potato eaters, again, reproduced on a bag of potato chips. Nice. So, um, The sublime boy, t- t- and the ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, and and it's the same image, right? But you just don't um, somehow you get a different emotional and psychic reaction to seeing it on a bag of potato chips. Yeah, especially after having seen it 
as the painting. Yeah. I think we got to leave it there for today. Okay. Unless, did you have anything else you wanted to raise? I do not. You never I do. do. I, one I, day. I want to wish everyone a happy Christmas and from myself and from myself and and I wish also uh, whatever other happy holiday they would like to enjoy. Hmm. I, okay. Me too. <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, that day is coming up. That day is right around the corner. Absolutely. What, will, this, will this ship before then? What, 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 what is today? Uh, today is... Oh, yeah, it, it'll be out before then. Yeah. yeah the, oh, yeah. This the is, 25th is next Monday. This is the Christmas episode, but you can enjoy it no matter your uh, family tradition right. or, or friend tradition or whatever it is. This is a, an ecumenical podcast. Yeah. But um, if you are, happen to be listening to this by the fire, opening gifts... Mm. Fire. That would, be, that, would, that would be lovely. But, you know, take off the headphones and pay attention to your family. <laughs> So scolding. Well, yeah, my son's back from college. Can you tell? Mm. Mm. So we're gonna we're gonna talk again in part two of this uh, part, episode. That part we're having. Duh, but it, we're not. It, we're not. This is not a fake out. We're not gonna hit stop and then record again and pretend. No, like no, 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 no. I'm no. saying what yeah, I get because yeah. I'm going out of town and whatnot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, soon we'll do another one. Which means that there's time for you to get your feedback in. If you would like us to talk about it uh, on that show, and uh, or if you want us to totally redesign the format of this program, yeah, I guess we've also opened. Or it up if you for want that. some input into whether we should do something special like that serial episode or one of these other call out episodes like we did before, one idea is we don't tell any. We we don't we don't say, hey, do you want to be on the show? Get in touch with us. We'll call you. Uh, we just we have some holiday beverages. Okay, we just start calling. People. We just start drunk dialing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say no to that. I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna urge us not to do. Don't that. say no just yet. Let's maybe. I'm gonna urge us not to. I'm not saying we won't ultimately do it because we might. Yeah. But I'm gonna urge us not to. That's my opening move. Maybe this will start a feud with some other podcasts. A feud? Yeah. Or a fugue? Maybe we'll maybe we'll have a few Frog. drinks. We'll, we'll call Frog up, protection. Call up. Uh, we'll call up um, Dan and Ian and, and Leah. <laughs> Y'all, I'm so sorry. I did not know he was going to do this. I didn't. I don't want them to associate me with this stratagem in any way. I'm very sorry. Christian is behaving badly, and I apologize. I. It is not good to even suggest a feud. They're they're lovely, delightful people. You know, if if I actually had ill will in my heart, I wouldn't be suggesting it because I would already have a beef. I'm, the only reason I'm throwing this out there is because we don't have we have to create one. We you have make, to create in Joe, this is this is the You mo- make a great point, but I don't want people to misunderstand. This is 2017. If you're gonna get attention, you gotta go out and make an ass of yourself somehow. Oh, the irony. 